Yo, pass the mic, then I'll pass the light Roll another blunt, we on good vibes Some pine kush and northern lights Red eyes, call it pretty eyes I'm satisfied, I'm in my zone Roll another one, take another toke Lit with my bros, we What's going on, people? We are back at it again with the High Buttenders Podcast. It is me, Jarrell, and you already know I got my road dog, my partner in crime. Rocky, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jarrell. Um, we have a fantastic guest with us today. And when I say fantastic, just doing all the wonderful things in the cannabis industry. Um, Jay from Shop Mary Jay Dispensary in Texas. What is going on? Woo! What is up, you guys? So good to be here with you. We're glad you're on. Definitely Um, excited. Yeah, I'm like I'm curious or anxious to hear about the the cannabis scene out in Texas. Oh, y'all, we are going (laughs) through some shit right now. I'm telling you that the last couple days has been fucking hectic. I'm just like Delta Eight, right? Yeah, Delta Eight, that motherfucker there. Yes. <laughs> Before we get into that, let's yes. let's talk about you and your shop and all that good stuff. Yes, definitely. So I am Jay of Mary Jay. We are in Austin, Texas, right in the heart of seven eight seven zero four on South Lamar. Um, we just celebrated our four year anniversary last weekend, so uh, we've made it through COVID. We are here. We are two women of color, and we are a couple. We're queer. Um, serving our Austin community. We opened the shop for my father who passed from cancer and was the inspiration and really the okay to do what I do and be who I am, giving me the okay to like, please help more people. So uh, that's who we are. That's amazing. I love that too. And your story is very unique um, because you started this cannabis uh, dispensary for a very good reason. And I wanted you to share that a little bit with our Definitely. listeners. Thank you. Yes. So um, I've been in the cannabis industry for over 10 years behind the scenes as a buyer. Um, through my journey of being a buyer behind the scenes, my father uh, was diagnosed with cancer and cirrhosis of the liver. And I was his full-time caregiver. And so I was a daily user of cannabis myself um, for recreational and medical. I have nerve damage, so it helps me tremendously. And I knew just from my personal experience and how it's helped me, I knew that it could help him. I I felt it in my soul and my being that it would help him. But getting him to want to even try it, talk about it, bring it up was scary. So several times we mentioned it to him, my brother and I. He's like, no, no, it's not for me and all this. So he was getting frail and it was really sad and so scary. I remember he just wasn't eating and he was having episodes where he was falling a lot and we were taking trips to the hospital daily. Like it was, it was really bad. And so I said, dad, can we show you something, please? And he's like, you know what, honey, I'm dying anyways, might as well. So I remember loading the bong. I rolled a joint. I was so excited. I was trying to get every method possible, but I wanted to take it slow. I didn't want to scare him. Um, he knew that we, my brother and I partaked in cannabis, but kind of just looked the other way. Um, so it was exciting for us and scary at the same time. But I remember uh, rolling that joint and hitting it and giving it to him and seeing him kind of puff it. It was good, but then we hit the bong and I showed him how to do that. And my brother showed him and then it was his turn. And swear, y'all, after about the second hit, 
he was just like, I don't feel good. I need to lay down. I'm my head spinning. I'm like, fuck, mm. I fucked him up. Like, oh no, this is not what I was hoping for at all. And so I laid him down and my brother and I went, finished smoking. And then we came back and check on him about 20 minutes later. And he was, he had fallen asleep. And I remember he was laying there and I was like, dad, how are you feeling? Honey, can we get a Sonic cheese dog and a slush? And can we also get some <laughs> cheese, cheese fries with some extra onions and fucking breakfast tacos, like random shit. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, you can. Oh, yes. yes, yes. So my brother and I literally split up and like went and got all these different meals and brought it back. And I remember him saying, can we try it again before we eat? I said, like, yes, this is what we do. We always smoke before we eat and after. And so uh, he's like, I like the bong. I like the glass. Let's try it again. So he hit it again. And man, y'all, we created a monster with him. Like just to see him eat, <laughs> laugh. I remember like getting through whole movies. Like he literally was able to sit up and enjoy the movie, eat candy, like which was not heard of. We would start a movie, but he'd be in bed and he'd be hurting and he'd be like, honey, can we turn it off? I just don't feel good. And he wasn't eating. So to see it just totally flip, y'all, he was gaining weight. And that's where it started to begin to get scary because um, like I said, I was this full-time caregiver. So when you start to notice someone with cancer gaining weight and looking really good and being able to walk around and then actually showing up for his appointments instead of like doing calls and things, they were like, what's going on? And I remember thinking like, fuck, what do I tell them? What do I fucking tell them? And I remember my dad telling me, honey, tell them, tell them it's helping me. Maybe they can help more. They'll tell more people like it'll help them. I'm like, dad, like they could take you away from me. Like, yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? I was young. y'all. Yeah. I was in my early twenties. Like, like I, you know, through that whole thing. And I just was so scared. And I remember that day we had six doctor's appointments and mind you, we lived in Lockhart that's 30 miles south of Austin. And so we have to travel to Austin and in between um, different cities, San Marcos and things to go to different doctor's appointments. So that day we had five. And so it was a whole day event. And every doctor weighed him that day and was asking, how is he gaining weight? And so that's the day where I was just like, I introduced cannabis to him. And I'm like waiting to see what everybody says. And they said, Jay, look at him. He's 82 with cancer and like, quality of life we're going to pass his drug test so he can still get his prescriptions but just quality of life wow. whatever you're doing with him keep it up we cannot tell you that yes this is good you should do this we can't but what we can tell you is what we see and what we see is quality of life what you're giving him so do it and so it was just i remember that day it was like the okay from like the medical doctors and it was just the day that my dad was like, you know what, I'm so glad that you shared this with me. And uh, 11 years prior to my dad passing, my mother passed from breast cancer and cirrhosis of the liver. And we tried to share it with her and she thought I tried, She thought I was trying to kill her, called the police and everything. That's a whole nother story. So I told dad, he asked why wasn't she open to it? And I said, dad, you remember we tried and she freaked out on us. And he was like, you're right, we weren't ready. So you're right. And I just... I just really wish more people would know about this and you promise you'll, you'll tell more people about it. I said, sure, dad, I'll tell more people about it. Like how the hell am I supposed to tell people about cannabis in Texas, right. especially, right? So you guys, uh, it literally, I believe just from like life experience, it gave them 11 more years than my mother. They were diagnosed around the same time. And just to see him flip it and just change the way he did and just to see how the plant really helped him, 
it, it was everything that I knew in my soul to plant it and to see it happening in front of my eyes. It was just beautiful. So um, towards the ending of his stage of cancer, he was passing. He, um, I remember he grabbed me and he said, honey, do you promise you'll start cannabis with people like me? People that are old that might not have a kid like you or a grandchild or maybe even a hookup to get it. <laughs> I was like, ah, I'll try. I'll try. I promise that I'll help as many people as I can. Right. Friends. Um, I have a lot of elderly people, friends, because my dad, that's who I hung out with all the time. So that's who we were always around. And so I helped people like him. And so um, he passed and he left me a house. He left my brother a house and he left me a house. And he told me it's the American dream to own a home. So don't ever get rid of it. We worked our whole lives for you kids to have something. And after he passed, I inherited the house. And I remember a few months later, my partner said, Jay, I think you should sell your house to help people like him. I said, bitch, what? <laughs> Did you just hear my dad's dying words? He said, yes, help people, but don't ever get rid of the fucking house. Like, what are you talking right. about? Right? Yes. And thinking about it now, she's like, do you know how hard that was to come to you to tell you that? That I saw <laughs> your future already ahead of you? And I'm like, uh, so I told her no. We sat on it for a long time. I was sort of, fuck no, 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 no. My dad worked his whole life. No. And then I sat on it and I thought about it. And like I said, I've been in the industry behind the scenes and I was buying already and I had really great relationships with the vendors. And I just, it was part of my life already. And I said, you know what? What if I could help people like him? What does that look like? And honestly, I couldn't find a shop or a store to my aesthetic or something that I believe I would want to represent and something that I would want to go into and something that I would want to take my parents into. And so that began the journey. We decided to sell the house. I came to her and I said, let's do it. Let's sell the house. And so it wasn't, that wasn't just an easy thing. The house needed a lot of repairs. And so we had to do that all on our own with no money, all on yeah. our own. And it took a while and y'all no shit. The day we sold the house and the lady was signing, I was at work and my partner, Francisca says, Jay, look at the fucking cameras on the house. And I was like, what? She's like, look at the cameras, please. And I pull up my phone. I'm looking and it's like, what? She's like, you can get there before I can go. There was fucking police everywhere. There was an ambulance. A guy had ran a car straight through the fence, missed all the trees and ran straight into the house, right into the kitchen. Oh no. Y'all, it was the most heartbreaking. I had taken out loans personal loans from my boss, like friends, everything we could to get this house to sell, to get to where we needed to go. And I told them I'd pay them back. So people were waiting on money and right. you know, this is, yeah. And so to me, I thought it was a sign. My dad did not want me to sell this fucking house. Right. Right. But you know, insurance kicked in, we got the house sold and we traveled a year. We, we, we decided to quit our jobs and go all the way in if we were going to do it right. So we quit our jobs, traveled for a full year, went to these places, wanted to meet these people. I needed to hear their story, why they started their company, how I could connect that to my people in my community. So it was just networking and meeting people and really just feeling and hearing their stories so I can go back to my community and do the same. And so Mary J was born and, you know, it, it wasn't easy. We had a lot of people around town in different areas that we wanted to open tell us, no, no, we don't want a smoke shop. No, 
we don't want to basically what they said is a planet K and a planet K is a, a popular known um, smoke shop here in town. And I said, it's, it's very much different. You know, if, yes, we sell the same things, but the layout's going to be different. And mind you, I came with a full portfolio. We got a design team. We got a fabricator. We had um, designers. Like I went yeah. all in. Like I said, if my name's going to be on it, it had to be right. And it was something, right. a very different concept that people had, hadn't seen yet. And so I needed to make sure that it was just everything that we needed and wanted and that the community deserved. And so it took, oh man, almost eight months, almost a year. And uh, we did it all on our own. Like we literally tore the place apart, painted, got people to help us and cases got delivered. We moved them in, put the products in and you guys were celebrating four fucking years. Oh my God. And queer colored women in Texas owning a dispensary. I'm so proud of you. Can I tell you, I don't know. I mean, for our listeners out there and those who are not following um, at Shop Mary J, the line to get into the store for the opening wrapped around the building, right? Mm-hmm. That's yes, how much support around. and love that you have. From 12 o'clock to 5 o'clock, <sighs> did that line stay like that? Wow. And that's half of what we usually have. Because of COVID, we knew that it wasn't going to be as crazy, which I'm glad it, it wasn't um, too crazy. But that line stayed from 12 to 5 around the block. And it was just more than I could have ever asked for. It truly it's just, amazing. yeah. The community here, the smoke community, like the cannabis community, we're here. We're smoking. Yeah. We're here. Like we are here, whether Texas likes it or not. So, what's yeah. been the biggest like like difference you've seen in the industry out there from when you first started to now? Oh shit, man! So, like I said, we were one of the first kind of concepts like that selling CBD. CBD wasn't even legal, and I remember um, we had more lifestyle glass vapes and things like that. And one small Ikea case of, of CBD, I was so proud of it. And I had a little light that I had to recharge. So it's like every four hours I had to go charge it real quick before someone would come in, hopefully. And I just remember thinking, wow. And then people would ask about CBD. It was more of the lifestyle stuff. And so um, I remember people coming in and they're like, do you have CBD? Or like I would show it and they'd try not to look at it. And then they'd go around and look at the glass and kind of come back and look at it again. And I'm like, I mean, it's just CBD. You know what I mean? And it's now, or even... That was four years ago. Fast forward a year from that, CBD um, started to become more popular. And then in 18, it became legal, right? So it was totally different. And I was displaying the flower in pipes. I was putting it broken up on a tray with papers, like showing you how you would physically use it. And people were coming in and like trying to not look at the case and the display. They're like, oh shit, like, can I get some of that? What is that? I was like, yeah, let me show you. It's CBD flower, hip flower, I got you. And they're like, but wait, that's weed. I was like, let me explain to you what it is and how I'm able to display like this. And so to see that difference from when we started till now, now people walk in, my doctor says, I need CBD. What do you have? You know, yeah, it's yeah. completely different. Yes. Completely different. So did you get, when you first started, did you get pushback from the state when you try to open your store? Did you have no. any difficulties there? Excellent. No. I think it's and the you know number what? one question people have is like, how hard was it to start? Yeah. Even a uh, CBD dispensary. Yeah. So financially, it was hard. We had tried probably a year and a half, almost two years, just on our own, trying to get loans and things like that. um, Knowing that that was going to be what we were going to do. And so none of that fell through. And so finally, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're not, it's not going to happen. 
you know, nothing like that. And that's when Francis was like, I think you should sell your house. And I'm like, oh, no. And she's like, that's the fine man. That's the only thing that's missing, Jay. It's the only thing that's missing. You have the idea, you have the hustle, you know, you love people. Like, yes, it's all that's missing. And so that was the hardest thing for us was financial. And then once getting that um, location and how we fell into that location was just crazy, amazing. And then the landlord himself is just fucking bomb. Like he's like, yeah, y'all can sell weed. I'm ready. I was like, well, Charlie, well, fuck, we got to wait till Texas go. It was like, hold up. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But y'all, he, he um, painted a rainbow during COVID. So now we have like a rainbow stripe right in front of our store. Like people come like, where do you find you? Follow the rainbow to the door. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a really great location. But what I think you've done, even in the state, is redefine how people see cannabis and CBD, right? Yes. Because yeah. there, I would, there, I would never see here a line wrapped around a CBD store in Vegas unless somebody lied to you. You know what I mean? And told yeah. you you were going to get like super high or something. No lie. Oh. Uh, it happens. Am I, dude, it am happens. I right or am I wrong? You're absolutely yeah. right. It happens. Dude, I swear. That's crazy. I, I know when these events happen, y'all, I feel like burner. I'm like, damn, walking down the corner. Like, I fucking love y'all. Fucking passing joints out. Like I, my community, y'all is so strong and so amazing. Like, you know, we kind of brushed on the Delta 8 thing. I have had so many people in the last four days reach out what can we do? Do we need to start a GoFundMe? Are y'all going to survive? Like, what what do we need to do to keep your doors open? I'm like, no, 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 we're not there. And I promise you, I'm always honest. And I would let you know if anything ever was going down, I would let y'all know. But the community is just the love. It's like looking in the mirror. I give so much and I love serving my community. And the way that they just give it back, I've never felt love like this. Yeah, that's amazing. Amazing. Especially women like each other. Yes. And you know, all the women that come in and they're just like, girl, I didn't know there was other bitches that smoked. I'm like, yes, bitch. (laughs) Right. And then they see me, they're like, you fucking smoke. And I was like, yeah, there's well, I kind of smoke like you too. And I was like, that's amazing. Or if you don't, like it's still amazing if you just want to talk about it. Like, I'm so open, you know, and so proud of who I am. Like I said, my dad gave me the permission. To, to do what I'm doing. I feel when he said, help more people go and help more people. It was like giving me the permission to be like, I'm a pothead. I'm a stoner and I'm right. successful and I can hustle and I can help people. And I'm doing it in a, the most beautiful, loving way possible. So yeah, to have a line out the door like that, it's, it's been like that since day one. And this community, like I said, is so fucking strong, but y'all, the reason they stay in line is, I mean, they love us, but we give back like crazy, like crazy, crazy. These vendors, I reach out months ahead and people are like, what do you want? You want everyone to get a vape? Like, what do you want? You want everybody to have some flour? What, what do you want? We had a token twerk and I had East Fork, um, our main uh, cultivar, send me a pound of flour for our token twerk so we can have pre-rolls while we fucking twerk. And I was like, who does this? <laughs> right? In fucking Texas, mind you, I had a platter of joints and I was like, bitches, let's twerk and twerk. Right. We That's push amazing. the boundaries, but we do it all legally. And kind of right. back to your question that you asked, was there any pushback? I have police officers that shop with us. We've had the district attorney in with their badge on accident, you know, and they're just like, oh. And I'm like, I don't care who you are when you walk through my doors. We are family. I don't care right. what you do, who you are. Like, if you give the love and respect to come to my doors to want to learn, mm, 
it doesn't matter what you do or who you are. So. Right. And I feel like walking in your door is like the first step for most people to end the stigma inside their minds. You know what I mean? Because you create a really great individual shopping experience. All of your reviews are insane. Like the love is there for people consistently. And I think that that that's what makes that shopping experience unique. So I feel like that's kind of what I was looking for when I was like, man, she's got this line that wraps around. And I thought to myself, wow, man, she has to be giving the best shopping experience. I went through your reviews for at least an hour the other day. And I was like, holy cow, the love, right? It's, so it's like, ridiculous. yeah, ridiculous. and it keeps you driving to do what Shit, you want to yeah. do. You know what? Whenever I'm down or I feel like I can't do this, or why am I doing this? Who the hell do you think you are? That You can hear that person in your fucking head. They're always trying to talk shit to you. I think about my mission and I think about my community. Why did I start to help people like my father and to my community, the love and I'll be having a down day and swear someone will reach out and be like, thank you for like allowing me to be who I want to be because I see you doing it. I can do it. I'm like, bitch, why are you depressed? Look at this. Oh, you were helping people. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's mutual. Like I fucking love every single person. Like I said, they're family. When they come in, I know they feel that. I know they feel that. Like it's, it's real and it's sincere and you get it. You're just not coming in. It's like, what do you want? I tell them, even if you don't buy it from me, look for this, ask for this and make sure this is on it. Do you know what I mean? It's just, I just care and I love. Yeah. So I know a lot of people out there that want to start something, you know, they, they won't because uh, they put up the building blocks in front of them that they don't want to like actually go forward or jump over any hoops or hurdles to open a business, especially a cannabis derived business. What, um, how was it hard for you? Did you have the wherewithal to start the business? Did you already have uh, the business knowledge or did you start from scratch on the situation? So I barely graduated high school and I can barely read. So no business, no college, no nothing, honestly, just pure passion and love. That's it. Like, you know, my parents were entrepreneurs. They, um, we, I'm originally from Cali and my parents moved in the eighties, late eighties. And they decided to come to Texas to retire and they bought up uh, rental property in Lockhart, like I was saying, and that's what they did. They were landlords. And so my brother and I grew up mowing yards, learning how to change filters, fucking painting, going to spray cockroaches, like all that shit. And so it was always that hustle and drive. We were always talking about work. We were always working. Like it just seemed normal. So I, I think that like, I always had that work ethic and every job I've ever had, I've had people come in, do you own this place? I'm like, no, I just love it and believe in it. You know what I mean? Like, I just want it to be a fun, amazing place. And so, yeah, no, no business training, no education, nothing, like just pure passion. And it's not just me. It's my partner, Francisca, as I mentioned, and she has like some college, but you know, it's just life experience and her parents are also her dad's mechanic and her mom works for him. And so it's seeing that passion and that drive and us together, we never fail. We'll always catch each other. That's the one thing that we've learned and we always have each other's back. So when one's down, the other one lifts the other one up and it's, we, 
we just go on what we feel. That's yeah, really it. Yeah, I think when you have that that passion and that drive, it makes learning on the go not only easier, but it kind of it makes it fun in a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all it, new, right? And especially honestly, when you're doing it with your partner too, like that just right. makes it even better. Yes, because people are like, how do yeah. you live together, work together? <laughs> yeah. I fucking love it now. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know because I'm a lot to handle, but it's <laughs> good. Like it's so good, you know. And like you said, that hustle and that passion, like that's. I love it. And it's funny because we have people that come to the shop and reach out and they're like, what do I do? Like, what should be my next move? I was like, I don't know. Like, what's your mission and passion? Like, what drives you? I don't know. I can't tell you what will work for you. I only know what works for me and like what we feel and what we go on. But it's it really is just about how we feel. And that's that's it. And what I've learned and talking to other business owners and just being in this industry, no one knows what they're doing. There is no playbook. There is nothing that says these are the steps. This is what's going to get you to the top, whatever it is for you. There is nothing. It's all trial and error. It's all just how you, you know, what you want to put out there. Truly. Without going like too deep, or if you can explain it quick, like what's going on with the Delta H struggle? Totally, y'all. So uh, last week we had uh, Dishes, Department of Health Services, post on the website that it was a scheduled one substance, all this shit, right? This big uproar mm. and people are like, what's going on? We've been selling it for years now, a couple of years now, all this stuff. So why of a sudden are you just changing and putting this on your website? So there was a huge company here in Texas that decided to do a lawsuit and file a junction. And um, we had waited all weekend to hear what the judge was gonna say. The judge denied it um, yesterday. So now they're going back to court on the 5th of November and they're going to discuss it, but I don't think it looks promising. And honestly, y'all, I'm surprised we had something psychoactive for so long in Texas. Literally, like people, you get fucked up. Like it really, I mean, it is, it's not, I like to say it's watered down to what we're used to, you know, about 80%, 75% watered down, but there is really good stuff. And it really has been helping so many people. So to see, um, to see this happening in Texas is very, very heartbreaking and discouraging because like literally we have all you know all our products we came out with a whole line this last year and a half of delta eight right and so being a small business we don't have deep pockets and that put everything that we have into that and so we literally did a sale till midnight last night and y'all this community i mean after we're done with this i have to go back and help package like they're just i mean over 300 orders you guys from the city like jeez Right. That and is so people, amazing. You guys, and then this morning having the emails, what am I supposed to do? Go back to my pills? This was helping me. And it's yeah. just, my my emotions today have been up and down, up and down, up and down, because I just want to take care of them and, and, and give them their medicine, right? And now I have mamas calling. I have to drive to Colorado to go get my medicine, and I could lose my kids if I get caught. Mm-hmm. When before they could just come to the shop, and it was safe, and they didn't have to take that chance. And so I really, really, really hope that everything turns and we can continue to sell it and move forward. But I really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping so too, because uh, Texas is a humongous market. And I just feel like that puts a lot of people behind, especially people who have small businesses and counted on it. Yes. Not just us. There's so many small businesses and and places that have just opened that are literally just Delta 8. What are they going to do? And, you know, people want to take this a little bit further when they're saying no 
no, you know, Delta THC. They're saying like no THC to a point. That means no THCV. And what is that? That's in flour, even in the CBD flour. So that means no farmers can be selling the flour now. What the fuck is that going to do? They can only do CBG. They can only grow CBG. If this is, that's how the, you read it and that's how it goes. That's what they'll be able to grow is just CBG. All these farmers that have just invested a year, these last two years. So it's so much worse than what I thought it was. (laughs) It can go, it gets deeper. It's, it's really, it just goes, as you start to think about it and really read it and see what they want to take away, you're like, oh my gosh, like so many people will go under. Jeez. So, yeah. I thought Texas was turning a corner. Yeah. <laughs> we just passed that smokable ban. I was like, let's fucking do this. And then, then here yeah. comes the Delta 8. So, yeah. Well, hang in there. I know that you are a part of your product. You are the part of that store's image that really drives the business. So I know that you will find the best things for your customers. I have no doubt about that. You already know we're moving on to something new. (laughs) I know. Mary J customers, they love you. They're going to stick it around. I know I am. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. We're already in R&D for for new. We've been in R&D for new stuff. That will be um, legal for Texas. So, and still be good. We appreciate you coming on. I can't. I can't get past your. Um, I don't know if I'm reading it right. Your chain. What does that say? Oh, you better. It says dope bitch. Dope bitch. Okay, that's what I thought. Goodbye. <laughs> yes. We sell them at the shop. You already know. Got the little with the turquoise and shit in it. Yes. Where I can I get it? All day. Mary J. MaryJ.com, baby. <laughs> Before we get you out of here, I, I gotta ask, what you been smoking on? Oh shit, y'all. Fuck, I didn't even line it up. Man, I got a, a plethora of some really nice green going on here. I have a really nice an angel really that has is a grower here in town. And he came to me when I opened the shop and noticed I was in a lot of pain and said, I would love to help. And we just really break like created this amazing relationship. And I give him feedback on his plant medicine and he helps with my pain. And so uh, I have a variety of different stuff that I'm smoking on, but some cookie stuff right now, which is really nice, a little cookie cross. So nice. Yeah. Excellent. How about you, Gerald? What have you been smoking on? Um, some NYC Diesel from Polaris. Oh, that's Ooh, I love the NYC Diesel from Polaris. I shouted them out this week because I had some, and I'm going to shout out Polaris too. So I know you're coming to me. Um, I just had their head cheese and it was uh, sitting at about 26% THC, but it had 25 milligrams of myrcene and it was hitting the other two terpenes on there were hitting pretty heavy too. Um, I loved it. I was like, thank goodness. Welcome back head cheese. Uh, So I like that funky, funky scent. And I love great fucking highs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I had blue cheese sure. in Amsterdam once and that shit was so fucking good. <sighs> uh, you have to try when you come to Vegas, you have to try head cheese by Polaris. Just really Trust. great stuff. I'm going to yep. come and I can't wait to hug you guys and meet you. And yes, I'm going to tear it up. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, Jay, if anybody wants to shop online or they want to see you on Instagram or kind of get an idea of what your offer because uh, you have a great online presence. How do they get a hold of you? Sure. So our Instagram is going to be shop Mary J. We do have a few of them. If you look up Mary J, 
you see a few, maybe three of them, follow all of them. We have been kicked off multiple times, so we've got a whole bunch of backups there. But it is Shop Mary J is the main um, account. And then um, our online is going to be maryj.com. And you guys, you know fucking Texas and credit card processors and shit. Uh, we have another website with um, <laughs> other products that we can't carry on the other site, uh, maryjcannabis.com. Yes, I know. But yes, maryj.com will be the main one. And if you see anything on Instagram and you want to reach out, like, Jay, I need this, send me a message. We'll do a video. I'll get that shit to you. Trust me. Hell yeah. So to all of our listeners, thank you so much. Please go online. Check her out. She's amazing. Uh, at, for us, it's always all social media platforms at High Bud Tenders. And then, of course, if you want to listen to the podcast, you can go on any major uh, podcast uh, service or you can go to www.highbudtenders.com forward slash podcast. And for the shop, it's going to be forward slash shop. We thank you all for listening. And as always, stay high, Bud Tenders. Always. Yeah, yeah, feeling hell fed. Yeah, 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 ye